Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, lay aside other things that are going on for the next few minutes, if you would. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, and come on into the class. And just like we, um, we made this confession just a moment ago, uh, don't just watch and spectate. When we make a confession, join us. Uh, the Bible says that the Lord is the apostle and high priest of our confession, of what we say. He works with what we say, that we believe. And so uh, to get the most out of this, you want to, if we're looking at a verse, you look at the verse. If we're making a confession, you make a confession. If we pray, don't just watch this like entertainment. Uh, that's why we saved you a seat right here in the front. Come on into the class and uh, participate. Let's uh, join together in faith and ask the Lord to give us this day our daily bread. Father, we thank you that you are so good and so gracious to us. It's because of your mercies that we're still going and that you have kept us, preserved us, caused us to overcome again and again. And we ask you for that which you know uh, is the, uh, the thing and the things that will cause us to grow and develop and come into the next place and into the next parts, uh, next level of what you've called us to be and do. We ask for it together in Jesus' name. We ask for the utterance, for the anointing, for the light uh, of life and the light of your word and truth that makes free. And we purpose to receive it Respect it, act on it, and we give you the praise for all the good things that happen as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Would you look in our great textbook at Matthew, the ninth chapter? Matthew chapter 9 is the account in verse 19, 20, along through there, of the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. And when she pressed through the crowd and touched his clothes and received healing. Uh, verse 22, Jesus said to her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Now, he could have said a lot of things. Instead of that, he could have said, uh, The anointing on me has made you whole. He could have said, The power of God has made you whole. Uh, any number of things, but that's not what he emphasized. The reason I say that is because many in the church world today, they're emphasizing the will of God. They're emphasizing the sovereignty of God. They're emphasizing the power of God. Jesus did not do that. That's not what he emphasized. We should emphasize what he emphasizes, right? What did he emphasize? Her faith. He said, daughter, your faith did it. Your faith did it. 
Now that's not what religion teaches, but that's what Jesus said. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you've got a choice which one you go with. And uh, we saw a couple of weeks ago when we were uh, beginning this uh, series we're calling Faith for Healing, we saw this is not an isolated instance that in case after case after case, Jesus said, uh, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. According as you believed, so be it done unto you. I mean, he said it over and over again. And some who try to say, well, I don't know about all that healing stuff, you know. Maybe, uh, of course, Jesus, you know, he, he could do that. And maybe the apostles, he gave them power. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. And that's a different age. Well, no, uh, he said her faith caused it to happen. Has faith been done away with? <laughs> I mean, no Christian would say that. I mean, uh, how are you a Christian because you have faith? You're a believer, right? Without faith, you're not a Christian. There's no church. There's no salvation. And if you can have faith to receive forgiveness, you can also have faith, you see, to receive healing or something else. And the great news is if her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. Is it true? Said out loud, her faith, her faith is what made her whole. And my faith can make me whole. Oh, that's good news, brother, sister. That's good news because they're too, you know, we thank God for good doctors and nurses and all that they can do, but it's too quick that man has to look at you and say, there's no more we can do. Uh, there's nothing else. And when with man it is impossible, with God it is still possible, and it is still possible with anyone who will dare to step out and believe. So even though it might seem impossible, uh, and it could be from the natural, for you to live a normal life and, and be physically able and free to do what you want to do, don't give up, don't quit, don't despair. With God, all things are possible. And with those that believe, all things are possible. Say it another time, my faith, my faith can, make me whole. can make me whole. Now let's take another step with that and say, my faith, my faith will, make me whole. will make me whole. All right, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. My faith will make me whole. Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, your faith did this. Your faith healed you. Your faith made you whole. You might say, well, wasn't it the power of God? It was the power of God, but the power of God was on him while all those people were touching him, right? The power of God had been there, you know, as long as he's walking down the road. And it wasn't happening for everybody. It wasn't until faith pushed through and touched and laid hold and received. Then the power was able to flow with the faith. The power of God flows in a similar fashion to electricity. And you know, not everything will conduct electricity. You know, some objects and some materials, electricity doesn't flow through it. But others are highly conductive, right? You know, like copper wire. I mean, that's, whoo, electricity is going to hit that and go right through it. Well, faith is the copper wire, <laughs> That causes the power of God to just come right in. And the opposite of faith is this doubt and this skepticism and this 
uh, unbelieving intellectualism. That makes you like dead wood <laughs> that the power won't flow to and won't flow into and won't flow through. But here at Faith School, we are not dead woods. <clears throat> we are live wires. Come on, that was a great place to shout right there. We are live wires faith-wise for God. Now, uh, we began a couple of weeks ago on this series, like I said, called Faith for Healing. And uh, the reason we call it that is because uh, faith comes by hearing, but faith must be developed in every area of our life. You could be strong in faith that you are saved, that you, your sins are forgiven, that your name's in the Lamb's book of life, that when you die, you're going straight to heaven. You could be, when I say strong in faith, you are fully persuaded. You never worry about that. You don't even question it. And yet, in the area of healing, have no faith at all. Still questioning if it's even God's will for you to be healed. You see what I mean? You're strong in faith over here, but no faith over here. Why? Because you've heard something over here. Maybe all your life you've heard that preached and taught and you've believed it. And over here, you've heard the opposite. You've heard it might not be God's will and you just never know and all that's passed away. And so there's a reason why strong faith here, no faith here. So if we're going to get faith for healing, we've got to hear something about healing, healing right? Amen. And thankfully, there's much in the Word on this subject. Jesus spent a lot of his earthly ministry ministering to the sick and oppressed. I mean, a lot of his ministry involves this. And we see cases where multitudes were healed. But when it comes to individuals, there are about 20 cases where we're told something about uh, who the person was, what was wrong with them, how they came to be in contact with Jesus and how they received. And so... Uh, since we know there was much more than this, we know the Holy Spirit handpicked these for all generations to hear and read and, and feed on. Why? Because faith for healing is in these accounts of healing. And so we would be wise to feed on it and see how it happened because God never changes. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it that way then, he does the same way now. So we begin... Uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago on this, and the first one was the healing of the leper. And if you weren't with us, go back, go online and go back and, and, and watch these and feed on them. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no charge. Uh, and we got through that one, and uh, we're down to number two now. So we hadn't moved very far in our study, but uh, we're not in a rush, are we? we want, are these important? So we're taking our time. We want to look at every word. We want to look at every phrase. Take our time. Let it get in us. Let the faith of it get in us. So we're down to number two, which is the healing of Peter's wife's mother. We'd say mother-in-law today. Peter's wife's mother. Look with me in Matthew 8. Uh, this is recorded in Matthew 8. Also in Mark 1. Also in Luke 4. So we're going to go and read these one by one. Matthew 8 and verse 14. It says, When Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. 
When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So Peter's mother-in-law was healed, and then that same day, many were healed. And here it says that this, all these healings were taking place is part of a fulfillment of Scripture. And this is from Isaiah 53. Uh, some would have us think that, you know, well, Jesus only uh, did these miracles to prove that He's the Son of God and demonstrate His deity and that kind of thing. Well, you wouldn't have to heal everybody <laughs> to prove that, right? You could do a couple of spectacular cases as signs and wonders. No, here we got masses of people being healed. I mean, thousands of people being healed. And, and the Spirit of God said uh, through Matthew that this was a fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Now, we know in Isaiah 53, it didn't just say he took our weaknesses and sickness. It, the whole thing said he, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now, everybody understands that's the work of the cross. Yes. Right? And the same passage, I mean, in the same verses, and it goes on to say, uh, uh, he took our weaknesses, he, he bore our sicknesses, he carried our pains, and by his stripes, we're healed. Amen. What we're seeing is this revelation is this healing is not a side thing. It's not a side issue. It's not just something, well, God could do it if he wanted to. It's a special thing. It is part of the work of the cross. It is part of redemption. When Jesus went to the scourging post, did he have to do that to go to the cross? Was it unnecessary? Was it superfluous? Was he just a victim and had no control over it? No. When they came to get him, he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. He said, I am. They all fell to the ground, yes. demonstrating he's no victim. He's letting them do this. He's allowing this to happen. He said, I've received commandment from my father. I have power to lay my life down. I got power to take it up again. And he went through the, the scourging of the cross. He allowed the spiritual cause and source of all sickness and disease and weakness and pain to come on him. Now, for why? When he hung on the cross, he was made sin with our sin. So we could live in sin? So we could bear the punishment of sin? No, so we could be free from sin. Well, why at the scourging post did he allow himself to, to, to take our weaknesses and our infirmities and our sickness so we could be sick for the glory of God? No. Same thing. Redemption is he took our place, paid the price so we could be free. Amen. He didn't go to the cross just in spirit. He went to the scourging post, the whipping post, and the cross, and the mock trial in spirit and soul and body, he redeemed us, spirit and soul and body. Class said out loud, he took my infirmities. He, took my infirmities. he, bore, my he bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. Carried my pains. And, by and by his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Somebody might say, well, what, what if I don't look healed? What if I don't feel healed? How can that be? Well, what about the, uh, the other part of it, the, the forgiveness part? Have you always felt forgiven? <laughs> Have you always felt like, you? and even though you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, have you ever had any symptoms of unrighteousness? <laughs> you know you have. <laughs> but does that change the Bible? No. Does it change what Jesus did? No. That's what faith is all about. You receive cleansing and forgiveness no matter how you feel. You believe it's done. Is that right? You receive the righteousness of God. No matter how unworthy you may feel, you, you push that aside and say, no, he has made me. I didn't earn it, but he's made me the righteousness. You got to do the same thing with healing. No matter how sick you look or feel or how bad the reports might be, you say, no, he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. By his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again. By his stripes. stripes, I I am am healed. healed. Oh, glory to God. Better news you have never heard than that right there. Get this in your mouth. You know, the Bible said, let the weak say what? I am strong. strong. And Romans 4 talks about Abraham and faith and God calling those things that be not as though they were. What does that mean? It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. But if God says it's that way, that's what I'm going to say too. I'm going to call it what he calls it. I'm going to agree with him. And so that's what faith is. You, you call your body healed. You call your body whole. You call yourself forgiven. You call yourself clean. Right? And, and your feelings, if they're not in line, well, they'll just have to change. They'll have yes. to get in line. And if you hold on to what he said, they will change. Amen. They will change. He said uh, many were healed, and it was in fulfillment of what Isaiah said. Turn to Mark, the first chapter, please. Same healing, but Mark's account of it. Mark one twenty-two, or 29, I should say, 29. Uh, forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Isn't it amazing how quickly that changed? I mean, she is uh, maybe at the point of death. And then how soon is she up and buzzing around? <laughs> Do it. Wow. How quickly things can change. Uh, you know, you see that in numerous places in the Word of God. Uh, one time, the people of God, uh, the city was besieged by enemies, and it had been that way so long until... They were, there were no food in the city, and people were starving. They were eating garbage. And um, uh, the man of God said, by the word of the Lord, he said, food, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, food's going to be dirt cheap by this time tomorrow. It's going to be so plentiful, it's going to be cheap. And, and one of the guys that was uh, the king's right-hand guy, he said, ah, if God opened windows in heaven, ain't no way that could be. In other words, no way, no way, no way. And, and he said, well... Uh, you'll see it, but you won't enjoy it. You won't partake of it. Uh, And sure enough, in 24 hours, they went from starving, eating garbage, 
to plenty of food dirt cheap. Uh, can God do things quickly? Can, can things turn around? The, the enemy tries to get you to be so discouraged and defeated that you think, well, man, it's been this way for X amount of time. It's been this way for a year. been this way for 10 years. And he, he tries to convince you it'll never change. It is, it's, it's only going to stay this way and get worse. But these are lies. If we look to God, things can change so quickly and so completely that you look back to yesterday and it seems like somebody else, <laughs> some other life, because things have changed so radically, so fast. Immediately, the fever left her and she ministered to them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that possessed were possessed with demons. And all the city was gathered together at the door. He healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many demons and suffered not the demons to speak because they knew him. Turn now to, to Luke 4, Luke's account. And I think you can see why we take the time to read all three. For one thing, if the Lord saw fit to have it recorded three times, <laughs> it must be important, right? Yeah. So let's take the time to look at all three. And you can see Matthew recorded something that the other two didn't. Mark recorded something that Matthew and Luke didn't. And you got to put them all together to get the bigger picture. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 38, it said, He arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. Like we noticed uh, last week, it says that uh, in the Amplified, she was suffering in the grip of a burning fever. Mark 1.30 in the Amplified says she had been for some time lying sick with a fever. The Weeks translation says she had been afflicted for some time with a chronic fever, a severe one. So she's not just running a few degrees of temperature. She is basically bedfast maybe incoherent, uh, maybe almost comatose, maybe near death. She's in a bad way. And this is something that's been going on for a while. So Jesus and, and Peter and, and uh, John and some of the other guys, they had been in the synagogue. They had been in some meetings, some things that already happened. They come from that to the house. And it says when they got in the house, Peter's house, so he owned, they owned a house, uh, is it God's will for you to own a house too? It, it is. A lot of things you can see here. And uh, they besought Jesus for her. They said, Lord, uh, or maybe Peter came to him and said, Lord, you know, uh, my, my wife's mother is in the back here and she's in a bad way. And this has just been going on for some time. Would you minister to her? They besought him for her. And like we touched on last week, this is one of the big benefits of serving God. Hmm? There is a principle that if you will uh, take care of God's things, He will help you with your things. I remember some years ago I was uh, about to go, well, I was on a, uh, uh, in a meeting, I don't know, a thousand miles from home, and uh, something came up with part of my family that was, you know, states away. 
And the natural part of me said, well, you need to, uh, you need to go and check on that. And, but I had learned enough to not just do something, but to ask the Lord, check with the Lord. And so I, I took a moment and started praying about it. And I said, Lord, what, what about this? And uh, this is what he said to me. He said, uh, uh, your, your folks are my people. And he said, the people you're ministering to here, they're my kids too. <laughs> he said, you minister and take care of my people here. And I'll take care of your people there. <laughs> I thought, and I knew that was him. I knew that was him. Well, your, your emotional part of your being thinks, I have to do something. I have to go. I, I have to get back. And of course, uh, a lot of the emotional stuff, people think, well, if you don't drop everything and panic, then it, it shows you don't care. You don't care. You don't care enough. And that's a lie. If you care, you want to do the thing that's going to help. Right? The thing that's going to make a difference. Well, that's not always you dropping everything and running over there and and panicking. Is that going to help? Is fear going to help? Is unbelief going to help? And I've already heard from the Lord. He said, "You, you take care of my people here and I'll take care of your people there. He said, you're not the only one that can minister to them. (laughs) <laughs> and so I said, Lord, I, okay, I trust you with it. And sure enough, I, well, you know the Lord's faithful, right? I mean, sure enough, before the week was out, the Lord had raised up local people that were there with them, sent them to them, ministered to them better than I could have. And they got their answer and it was fixed. And I didn't miss a beat in the meeting where I was. Is God good or is, is, is God good? But can you see this right here? Peter has been with Jesus, taking care of ministry business in the synagogue and these other things they're doing. And now, after that, they come home and Peter's got uh, family problems at home. His mother-in-law is in a bad way. Well, did the Lord forget that? And when he asked the Lord, Lord, would you help me out with my, my family issues? Even his extended family, the Lord had mercy on. Is that right? When you serve God and you put God first uh, sincerely and, and, and on a regular basis, you can count on it. If you're busy taking care of his things, when you need something, he's going to help take care of your things. Is that right? You take care of his people, he'll take care of your people. He will do things just because you asked him to. Uh, she's delirious, I suppose. So it's not her faith that's getting anything done here, but they asked him for her. And out of mercy, he came, touched her hand, took her by the hand, rebuked the fever, pulled her up, and just like this, she comes alive and awake, and the temperature's gone, and she goes, whoo, praise God. Are y'all hungry? Because <laughs> it says she ministered to him. My, my, my. How many believe this happened exactly like what you see here? Has God changed? No, and he never will. Hallelujah. I want you to lift a hand and say, thank you, Lord. I'm glad to help take care of your things. And I thank you for taking care of my things. Thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And we're out of time for today. Said out loud, I live by faith. I 
walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith, I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.